0: Hello, welcome to Get Schooled with Marcella Lonzo. And today I am so happy to announce that I have the wonderful small hands here. Hello. What's up?
1: Hi, welcome, hi. Welcome, hi.
0: welcome, welcome. So we we were just chatting a little bit in the green room, and um, I had to tell him I really admired a tweet. I probably I want to say it was when did you make that tweet? Like six, maybe nine months ago or the beginning of the year?
1: Uh, yeah, so I moved to New York in February from Los Angeles, and I think I was making those tweets around that time, February, March, you know, kind of when I plopped
0: in. Yeah, and I I saw a tweet that he made because, uh, you know, I took it, like, I admired it at a different, when I saw it, I was like, oh, this man, he's a hustler, like, look at this. Like, I just admired, it. and I knew it wasn't for adult work, um, but I knew he'd do other things, but you came here. And you wrote, you came to New York from LA, a similar situation. I came before the pandemic. I wrote it out here, and uh, you you're, you wanted to grind on uh, your other creative in- endeavors, and you you do music and everything.
1: Yeah, that's correct. I uh, since I'm not from New York or the East, I'm from San Diego originally. So my whole life up to this year has been. A California guy, and you know, and so when I when I moved to New York, I didn't want things like my music or, or, you know, my other creative ventures to stop, but I had to find a whole new network. And you know, um, even though I've been very fortunate to experience a lot of success in porn as a as a performer, uh, I'm of the opinion that you're never too too big to, to. roll up your sleeves, get to work and hit the pavement, you know, and especially if it's in a a different field than maybe something that you're known for. So I just, I used what I had and that's the the platform of, you know, my Twitter and my Instagram. And I just kind of humbly threw myself out there and said, Hey, who wants to, who wants to collaborate with me? Who wants to make some music? Who wants to do something cool? Let's, let's go,
0: you know? I really admire that. So I really look up to, so how has the journey, because I did this whole I was in LA for ten wonderful years. I came to New York. Things changed. Of course I came here before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Had awesome times in Los Angeles. Um, but I'm originally from the East Coast. You're from mm-hmm. LA. I'm how San is D- it? San Diego? So Southern Oh,
1: California. San Diego.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so cowboy. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How how is it doing and um and how has it been for your music and everything out here? Is it a different scene or what's going on?
1: Yeah. I mean, other than, you know, obvious things that I've had to learn, like weather, public transportation, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. new shit uh, that I've had to sort of learn in my life at a, a funny age. <laughs> um, you know, the the music scene, I think actually out here, especially for the type of stuff I'm doing is, is great. And it's it, I, I've already... You know, just not even been here a year, but I've kind of linked up with some good people. And I have a new group already started out here with a guy that I I kind of met through one of those posts. Uh, Yeah. So I I actually have a whole new band, basically. uh, And it started because I I put myself out there and I just, you know, I got I got a lot of responses to some of those tweets and posts. And a lot of them were not really, you know they didn't line up with me, <laughs> right? but, but, you know, it only takes one. And, um, so yeah, I got a new group now called soft faith and it's with uh, a guy, Kenneth who lives in the Bronx. Uh, and so, uh, and it was just through that post. He hit me back and said, Hey, I want to do some music with you. Here's some examples of what I've done. We had similar tastes. We're similar age. He's kind of a, a cool dude, you know, with music. And, uh, so we've been working on, uh, working on some songs and i've got a studio here that you can already see a little bit behind me i'm sitting in it right now oh wow and um and yeah and i I live in a church built in the 1800s so i feel like it's. oh my god
0: so you guys you moved to a church yeah
1: so you can see like a little bit behind me uh we live in like the tower of this brick church in brooklyn uh built in 1879 and i felt like that was very um very new york musician like yeah look at me in my studio in the church it's haunted
0: <laughs> oh and then you could play yeah. with no problems without being heard or anything
1: oh yeah and the the reverb is fantastic
0: <laughs> oh that's great yeah because it's because imp- being a male performer and, um and being in the business in general like the, mm. the way people stigmatize you all i find when i'm doing something else in a different field It it like humbles me, it wakens me and it makes me happy because I have other ventures that I do that I enjoy, you know, and I've got to get, I've been trying to me, I think I told you how long I've been in the business. So it's a crazy amount of time. And it's hard when I try separating so much, but you still get that stigma. But the, the satisfaction you do get when you work on a different venture, you go on a, it's, it's, it's a, it's like a high. Oh, oh yeah.
1: It, What's well, a high and at least specifically the music stuff for me. And what a lot of my fans from my porn don't realize is I got into the adult business when I was uh, 30 years old. I wasn't, you know, I was, I had already lived like lives right? Yeah. and my career previous to porn was, was I was a bartender. I was in a band and I toured the whole world uh, for years. So I'm actually, if anything, just reminding people of things I've been doing this whole time
0: because
1: mm-hmm. I also didn't stop making music when i when I started becoming successful at porn. the porn just kind of took to center center stage you know that, that was right, right. That, that was what more people uh, were were <laughs> noticing <laughs> um and and that's great you know and i'm I'm happy that uh the movies I've made have, have resonated with people and turned people on, and I've gotten. Amazing fans out of it, and uh, now it, I just want to sort of remind them, hey, I, I'm a I'm a well-rounded human, and I also mm-hmm. do this, and and just because I do one thing should not mean that this like should be discounted or or right. or, or, or not valid, and you know it is a, a stigma that I think most of us in adult have uh, have to fight a little bit, um, and it, it's it's I feel like it gets better you know over time, little by little, right. even, even in the I've been in the business now for about 10 years and, and I've seen the changes in the last 10 years. And uh, I, I think little by little um, performers who just refuse to accept that and continue to say, Hey world, um, nah, I got more. Uh, you know, it, it moves the needle little by little. And, and so- things
0: keep on change. Oh my gosh. Cause when I started, things were way there wasn't even, I remember before the internet, which is absolutely bonkers and crazy. So the old fashioned just, it was stripping and um, porn to me where I was from was non-existent. They didn't even have uh, any girls. The only one who was Jasmine St. Clair, I'll never forget. She was the only person that was similar in looks to me. And now today mm-hmm. it's a wide, beautiful rainbow assortment of everybody. Yeah. yeah. Which is cool. It's, it's cool. It is cool. Yeah, and it's it's nice to see, but uh that's good to be well grounded because I just see so many people that it, it gets that's all they know. Yeah. Kink is the only thing.
1: <laughs> Look and, and, and kink is, is great and sexual
0: mm-hmm.
1: having a having a sexual lifestyle that's very active and interesting is great. But I think part of what makes that stuff special is the fact that you as a human are are well rounded in other areas too, and yes. and because if it if it's on all the time, how's that special? That just becomes the the normal thing, right? And so to keep these sort of you know sexual fantasies special, and even for myself, for me to continue ten years to be excited about fucking, and and you know to continue to make movies, I, I gotta kind of have some balance in my life because I want. porn to still be special and it is when i do it and it's kind of because i do so much other things over here that are not porn related and through it all i'm I'm a cool interesting you know worldly well-rounded human i think or at least i'm trying
0: yeah and you said earlier that you do turn down like uh, i'm turning down certain things and realizing what's important what's not important myself um, you're coming up you were mentioning that earlier you're not jumping to everything you're you're
1: oh no I if anything I I I don't I, I mean I had a, a exclusive contract with browsers the biggest company in the mm-hmm. world and they wanted to renew it and I turned it down I and it wasn't for any you know reason at all uh, mm-hmm. I love I love browsers and and I still uh, you know have a, we have conversations all the time and there are Talks of, you know, me still performing for them. But Mm -hmm. I just, I felt at that point in my career uh, that was, what was more important than money was me being a well-rounded human. And I, at that point in my career, was filming about 25 days a month, almost every single day. And I was on that grind doing about 20 to 25 scenes a month for, I would say, four to five years straight without really any breaks. Ooh. And it was great for my career in porn. It uh-huh. really, it really elevated me quickly. And I, 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 you know, I got a name and I got, you know, I got the contract, I got the, the big, you know, checks. Uh, <laughs> I, st- I got treated like a rock star and, and I still do. And, and, um, and I'm not retired by any means, but you know, I'm 40 years old now. And, and once I kind of got a little bit older, you know, a couple of years ago and got to a, a place in my career where I, even with all of that work, I was still turning down work. I could have worked every, literally every single day if, if I would have just said yes to everything. Um, it, it was, it was kind of doing a number on me mentally, you know, because it was just, I was a machine at that point. Yeah. And, and I did start to get burnt out and I did start to get like some depression uh, about the job. And I still showed up, you know, I still like knew how to be a professional, but it wasn't the same anymore. And so moving to New York and, and focusing a lot on other things outside of porn while still, again, I'm not retired. I still film. It's just, I'm really selective and I only do it a little bit now. And those movies are really special both to me and to the fans because, you know, there's not as much of them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in the, in the age of only fans now, I'm very fortunate to be to, to make money on only fans and my fans mm-hmm. are amazing. And, and I get to, I get to, live comfortably you know in part because of that so in part it's the OnlyFans and it's part in part it's just I didn't need to work every day and make as much money as I possibly could what I needed to do was be have a balanced life.
0: Balanced and grounded And and especially yeah just have that grounded and the good thing about OnlyFans is for performers that are like you know retired like you not retired, it. not retired. Well, not retired. Not yeah. I'm thinking of my questions. F- I, I just
1: shoot way less. Right. Way Give less. you
0: a mental break because in the past before, like me looking in, I remember when I was in LA mm-hmm. and I would do bachelor parties with a lot of girls and at the time I had my SAG card and I was like, well, wait a minute, they don't get residuals. They don't get this. They, y'all um, don't get this and that. And because I used to, when I was in LA, I would do a lot of bachelor parties, meet a lot of different girls and I saw performers go in and out of the business and I knew a lot of them and mm-hmm. it, it was kind of hard back then to do like like just take a break they couldn't really take a break they were you know they had to keep on shooting and after a while yeah. that mentally whether you're a male or a female that that's yeah. wear and tear on your body
1: well and it's it's that's just the entertainment game you know mm-hmm. that's not just adults that, yeah. that That's Hollywood. That's the music business. If you're trying to make it and, yeah. and, and things start to take off and you start to get some traction and some attention, your instinct is we need to work more. We need to blow this up more. We need to mm-hmm. go harder. We need to do like, here's our time. This is our yeah. moment. And that works across the board for anyone who's an entertainer, for a comedian, right. for a podcaster, for a porn star, for an actor. And, and that's, it's kind of like the, like the devil's deal with this you know like it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you it's what you sign up for to to a degree right so you have to sort of accept it as as part of the part of the game so to speak but it doesn't mean that it won't do do you harm sometimes mentally or physically or both
0: right yeah because that's after a while but i think now that for porn performers, um, because again, I came from the acting world where there was Mm -hmm. residuals. They could take time off after a show and, you know, a a show might film, let's say a TV show films for four to six months. They have the rest of the year off, you know, they're working 14, 60 hours, they have Mm -hmm. time off, but they're getting residuals and porn. There was no residuals. Mm -hmm. So I feel like OF is good now for those that have worked, that just need a little bit. They don't want to film. They want to break. They want to focus on other things, which is great and gives them that opportunity to be, you know, cause we're, you know, it's great about being a human being. You sometimes you work one job one time, and then you go to something else and then you evolve mm-hmm. or you have talents or, you know, it's great. Some people like you do music, some people do art. Um, everybody has something that they enjoy. There's one girl, I think that was a performer that she's into dogs and who, she's trained. Who isn't
1: into dogs? i am into
0: dogs. <laughs> For, no, but she's really into because I talked to her and um Nina Kay, I have a German Shepherd and she's all she gives me the best advice about dogs. I'm like, girl, can you make a YouTube channel so I don't feel bad about hitting you up about dog if because she's like really I have a German Shepherd and it's like a different type of breeding uh mm-hmm. you you know, you train dogs different ways. And she yeah. knows the difference and she knows animals. And I'm like, you, you need to make like a YouTube channel or something. Like right. you got too much of a skill here going on with the, you know, not like. I need her to one get one.
1: come train my dog. I have a puppy who's unruly.
0: Oh, what type of puppy did you guys get?
1: He's a King Charles Cavalier. His name, is, his name is Sailor. Uh-huh. And he was, uh, he was the runt of the litter. So he's abnormally small, but he think, okay. but he thinks he's a big, Oh, and, uh, yeah. And, and he's not very well trained because me and Joanna are uh, pushover parents and we spoil him. <laughs>
0: oh, as, as it should be with every little puppy. It's, it's cute over here. Yeah, so yeah. how did you deal with the weather change? Cause that is a big thing. Like this past couple of days, the weather was horrible.
1: It's been rainy. It's been, I mean, it finally feels like, all right, winter's here in New York. Like it's cold. Let's go. Um, Okay, so when I, when I first uh, started coming to New York, because me and uh-huh. Joanna, my wife, Joanna Angel, uh, she's she's from the East Coast, New York, New Jersey, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and so I've been visiting here for a decade, coming with her. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first few winters that I came, being a Southern California guy. <laughs> and, oh, she, I, I stepped off the plane in my, like, van slip-ons, and I had a hoodie you know, and and she's like, "What are you what are you doing? Where's your coat?" I'm like, "No, I got it on." Like, you know, we're good. You're right, right? <laughs> and she just started laughing, and she's like, "Oh man, you're you're gonna like learn. You're gonna learn real quick." And and I I think we got like two blocks outside of the airport, and I I was like crying and just like like <laughs> I couldn't move and I couldn't breathe. And I looked so stupid. Everyone around me had all the right gear on. And, and we had to literally dip into, like, a store, like, a, a Target. And on the spot, I had to buy, like, a gl- gloves, a coat, boots. I never owned any of this shit in San Diego. Like, who owns boots? Like, you know, unless they're Doc Martens or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I think the wardrobe update was the biggest thing I had to to learn about uh, with the weather. It's just having wardrobes for seasons. That doesn't exist in Southern California. I just wear the same things. Year yeah.
0: Now. No, I was. I I didn't. So I spent 10 wonderful years here, but I was raised, I was born in the Bronx, raised in Florida. And then I came here in uh, January of 2019 and it was El Nino. It was five degrees. So it was, and I was so used to wearing flip-flops and leggings all mm-hmm. throughout LA like just going to my yeah. buddies class right, and, right. you know mm-hmm. having so I love hearing anybody especially if it's somebody from Southern California moving to New York the whole the everybody's it's it like it was
1: yeah it, it was a reality check for sure and yeah. you know uh, I now I, I kind of I won't say I'm used to it because I'm still pretty new here, but but at least I know, I know what I'm getting into, you know? So when it started getting cold a couple of days ago, I was like, <laughs> okay, I got to go up in the loft and get the coat down and do the whole thing, get it all ready.
0: <laughs> and, when, and when you live in New York, you have to look at like the weather before you go out. Mm-hmm. And for, mm-hmm. even when it was real hot, like right when it was starting to change, like come, like I say, September, you have to start yeah. looking and have an umbrella. Yep. All of us. You
1: gotta be, you gotta be on guard. You gotta have one on deck because you can get yeah. caught quick. I, oh, I got, man. I got caught in the rain and I had to had to dip in and like buy a bodega one, like the first week we moved in because I just didn't, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared. I oh, was I, those
0: bodega ones break in a, like a, a day or two. It,
1: it got me home, and that was about it. <laughs>
0: oh, my biggest lesson I learned though with with New York is. Um, so I bought a pair of like rain boots from Ross or Marshalls and um I had to go take like a COVID test last year um for something for my other my vanilla job, right? Mm-hmm. And um I'm going and it's raining and the bodega umbrella went, oh posh. And then the shoes, the shoes broke in half. Oh And, man. and then both of like, the same <laughs> at the same time. Like I was, it was like, you know, like an In LA, you could, like in Southern California, you could buy like whatever type of shoes and be cool. You know what I'm saying? New York, there's a reason everybody wears Timberlands because they're good for the rain and good for So I bought a pair of Timberlands and uh, I was like after that. And I said, I have to invest in my shoes now. Like, yeah, this is, this. yeah. It it matters. Yeah. I would love to be bi-coastal more because like I went, uh, about a month ago, back and I was like, oh, oh. But then I was like, oh, let me get back in New York because California's changed so much. It's not. It's kind of sad now. What's going on? Yeah, yeah
1: I mean, we, me and Joanna still uh, we own our house in L.A. still, um, but we rent it out now, and we we like it here. We don't really see we don't really see much reason to go back to L.A. And I, even though I do love San Diego a lot, mm-hmm. I, I never for 10 years, I lived in LA. I I never felt like it was home. I never really loved it. It was good for business. It was good for work. Right. Um, and, and I, I, I don't hate it. I'm not talking shit on it, but I like, I feel way more at home in Brooklyn, you know, even even just living here 10 months to be perfectly honest than I did in 10 years in LA.
0: Wow. Cause that, you, do you feel like, um, right now the closeness of the community, like you know, you go to the bodega, and you go to those like everybody. You see the same people over and over again. Is it that, or I mean,
1: I think first of all, there is a community. There is like local scenes right. here, and in, in LA, everything's so spread out. Yeah, and especially you know, if you're in the entertainment business, you're in porn. You you're in your car, or you're on set, or you're at like a big event that where yes. everyone's just just on their yeah. phones. You know, taking pictures and shit. That's cool, but. To me, that's not community. That's not like having a sense of... It was almost like I never got to just be Aaron in LA. Mm -hmm. Because anytime I would go out, it it was rare or I was getting paid to, you know? And here I can just, like you said, go grab a sandwich down the street at the bodega. They Nobody, half the people either don't know what I do or they know and don't really care. (laughs) You know, like they just go about their biz and, like, I've made friends also here, which is – it's weird because I look back in my time in L.A., and, and I think you can understand this. You, you you're All your friends tend to be in the same industry. You know, mm-hmm. all, everyone's a work friend. If You know, if you're stripping, all your friends are other stri- yeah. girls at the club or it's the bouncer or it's the bartenders. And if you're in porn, all your friends are other porn stars. And that's super awesome. And I've made amazing, lasting friendships in porn. But I – I like that I have some friends now who don't do porn and we can mix it up and talk about a variety of things. And like, my job doesn't wholly define me. It's just one thing,
0: you know, that's part of me. Yeah, that's important.
1: And I think New York is, embraces that a lot more than LA. LA wants to, quickly say all right what do you what do you do okay you're an influencer oh you're a porn yeah. star oh you're you're the makeup artist you're you're a model okay cool and that's just you know ding 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 that's what you are and now here in new york it's like well i'm aaron and i i do porn and then i also make records and then i also walk my dogs and you know this and that whatever and, and i think uh, new york and specifically brooklyn has such a vibe where everyone is cool to do their thing and it, it kind of doesn't matter, but everyone like celebrates it at the same time.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's it's different. It's very different than LA. And you're right about that. Like, what do you do? Like that whole uh where where are you what are you working on? What project or right, here, they could right. care less. Everybody's yeah. doing other things.
1: And and it's because people also don't like hate that I do porn. They're not mm-hmm. shaming me on the street. They're like, Oh, that's cool, that's interesting. And then they just kind of move on with the conversation. And you know, just as you would with anybody's you know right. profession or or whatever and um i also like the fact that we can uh, living in la I, you know the house we have is kind of like up in calabasas in a nice area and mm-hmm. it's it the neighbors are lame like everyone's fucking <laughs> lame like up there that. like i don't know how what else to say it like like me and joanna to me should not be the weirdest people on the block. I actually think we're very like boring and like kind of normal outside of, <laughs> outside of what we do for work. Uh-huh. And, and I just like how many weirdos New York has. It's, I love it. I think it's like the greatest, you know, everyone. Of oh anybody, yeah. And Brooke,
0: I could see you guys fitting right in on Bushwick.
1: And it, you know, we, yeah. you know, here in Bushwick, I see people of all colors, all genders, all shapes, all orientations, all ages and they're free to be as weird as they want to be. And they're all actually doing cool shit. And I think that's like exactly where I want to be.
0: Oh, that's good. So when did you first get involved? I'm just curious now, because you're so fascinating to talk to. Um, how did you get into music and first having your first mm-hmm. band? That's just something now I yeah. just realized. I don't know anything about you, about the music part. And now I want to know. Like, um, uh,
1: So this is... This is crazy. It's a lot to unpack here, but okay. Okay, so my very, very first band. Uh, I, I'm the son of a, a preacher, a pastor. Uh-huh. So yeah. I grew up in church, really heavy, like six nights a week, like helping, you know, the homeless during the days. I was mm-hmm. homeschooled for junior high, and I literally just went wow. to the office with my dad and did my mm-hmm. freaking math homework in his church office. And so my first band was. I was fifteen and it was like a, a, a christian punk band <laughs> and uh, uh you know we sang like songs about jesus and shit and i did my first concerts literally when i was 15 years old for for like youth groups and stuff and and so actually you know a lot of church you know, church crowds can be big depending on what church you're playing and so by the time i was like 17 18 i had already played concerts in front of like three four five hundred people they were just at church events and stuff so that is where I started my whole music career was in church. And uh like some of the older guys in the, the gospel band would would teach me little things. You know, one of them like gave me a bass guitar. I started playing bass. And um, everything, you know, went from there, but it started at, at church. Wow.
0: And then from there you just grew on and then you happened to meet Joanna and then she was-
1: so, so yeah. So then from there all throughout you know, high school and kind of college age, I played in a ton of different bands. Uh-huh. Um, I, I got to, with some of which, you know, got a little bit of notoriety and I got to travel around the whole country. I got to see about 22 countries, you know, around in the world. Like I got to go everywhere wow.
0: uh,
1: by the time I was in my late twenties and it was amazing. It was super fun. It was, it's been basically what I've been doing the whole time. And then working other jobs on the side, you know, supplement being being in a band. As
0: creatives do, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I was a bartender. I owned a screen printing company for about Mm -hmm. eight years where I made merchandise for other bands and my own. And that was how I supplemented me on tour. And then I'd come home and I'd be printing T-shirts in the warehouse, 100 degrees, you know, boxing, sending them out, and just enough to make my rent so I could then go out and play with the band again. And that is actually how I met Joanna was because – the company that I owned that made merchandise, uh, Joanna became a client of mine. Mm-hmm. Burning Angel, her 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 movie studio, Burning Angel um, started ordering t-shirts that said like blowjob and anal and like, you know, really funny sex words because they would sell them in their online store. And so for a while, I was just the guy who made Joanna Angel's t-shirts and we had never even met in person. We didn't know each other, although I knew who she was. I was, you know, I was a fan. So I thought it was mm-hmm. cool. I thought it was very cool. And every all the guys in my shop were like, oh, wow, we make, we make Burning Angels shirts. Like, we had a picture of Joanna <laughs> on the wall, you know. And then at some point, um, I got kind of set up on a blind date with Joanna by a male performer who she would hire sometimes who was from San Diego. So I knew him from the music scene in San Diego. And he knew Joanna because he was a, a, a male porn star uh, about 10 years ago. And he went by the name of Brian street team. And he basically set us up. He, you know, She was on set one day, you know, complaining to him about her past, you know, terrible relationships. And he knew I was single. And he kind of said, hey, I think you guys would be cool together. Why don't you, why don't you hang out? And, and he
0: set it up. So thanks, Brian. <laughs> but you, both of you guys' aesthetic, like matched so perfect. Yeah, well, that, that, that was because we're
1: both before porn, we're both punk rock music people. That's right. You know, that actually was what defined, especially our looks individually, even before we ever met. And before we both got in, you know, before Joanna was a porn star, she was a little punk rocker in New York. And before I was small hands, I was a little fucking punk rock kid in San Diego. And so, you know, the, the East and the West coast rivalry finally, you know, met and, uh, Uh, And also, that's how we fell in love. Because when I met Joanna, I was not in sex work. I was not in porn. I I was basically a guy in a band who did some other shit. And you
0: had no intention. That's another thing that's important. It just happened. Right, right. Because I feel like the big thing I've noticed is some guys go looking. You've probably seen this. Some guys go looking to only date. All through I've done different forms of sex work. Right, right. And um like I can tell who's real as a couple and then who's like
1: who weird. has an agenda? I think yes. a lot I think a lot of guys date porn stars because their agenda is they they want to get into the yes. business. Yeah. And and to be fair and honest, it is one of the ways a lot of guys get into the business. I mean, I'm literally sitting here and yeah, my wife got me into the business. But I have a very, and we have a very unique story and a very unique situation that most people don't realize, uh, which is, first of all, I did not want to be in porn. I, I, I never had dreams of being a male porn star. I, and I knew very well that I did not want to be because for the first two years of me and Joanna's relationship, mm-hmm. I, was, I was just her boyfriend. I was a civilian. I was a guy in a band. I didn't even live in LA. I still live in San Diego and I would drive up to hang out with her. And she would being, being the famous iconic director that she is, when she was doing her productions, she would say, you know, you come on set. And Joanna's also a you know a good delegator, so she'd be like, oh, You can help. You can like make tacos. <laughs> I was craft services from You were
0: craft service? Uh-huh.
1: So I was just Joanna's like cute boyfriend waving at everybody, and I'd be making tacos and setting out hard-boiled eggs and like you know, granola bars. And what I did though is I got to watch a lot of porn live on set. Watch how it worked. I watched what kind of a job it was and what it required from all the performers. And I said, "No fucking way. Do I want to be a male <laughs> performer like this? This job is is really really stressful. It's pass fail. It's high stakes. It's it's crazy. Like you got to really be a it's unicorn." And, and I also never viewed myself as as that kind of guy, like, you know, I, I had confidence and I, I, I knew what I brought to the table and, you know, I, <laughs> I knew uh, Joanna wouldn't just settle for anyone. So I was like, okay, well I'm doing something right. But I never looked in the mirror and thought, wow, well, I'm the guy who's going to go like walk into that gangbang and just, you know, yeah. double, double anal this girl or whatever it is, you know? And Joanna basically at some point uh, being the, brilliant business owner and director that she is she she basically said hey listen um maybe you can just work for me like like i won't pay you because you're my boyfriend but it it helps me as a small business owner she's like i own i own burning angel i own this movie studio and every time a guy walks in the door and he fucks me or fucks another girl i have to write him a check that's how this works she's like if you're that guy no check Cause you're just my boyfriend help. You're just helping, you're helping me out. You're basically yeah. helping, helping the family business. And, and I initially still said no, no, thank you. Like, 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 I don't, I don't think I can do it really, to be honest, like it was mm-hmm. straight up. I don't think I I can do do that. And I was scared and nervous. And she said, okay, well, why don't you just try it once if, if you fail you know if your dick doesn't get up if it's just a disaster we'll never talk about it again and our lives will just continue and you know like all you know i did, it was just an idea i had and, and i said okay you know I'll, I'll try anything once and and i did one real like porn and mm-hmm. i was terrified uh you know with the crew and everything and Uh, All the lights and every you know, and they're all looking at you and (laughs) and and but I but I I I did a good enough job where I didn't fail. Although don't go look up my first scene; it's not anything you know to write home about. It's not I I I I was not the professional I am now. Um, And and Joanna, you know, basically said, "Hey, well, like if that wasn't you know if if you can manage to do this a little bit, it will help." And so my whole career basically just started. as as me just for free just trying to help out my 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 girlfriend um and uh it kind of grew from there because then i started to get fans i get noticed by other directors and other companies because i Mm -hmm. also had a very specific look at that point at that point in mainstream porn i think and don't hold me exactly to this but Mm -hmm. i think i was like the most tattooed guy that had ever really popped up in, in right kind of mainstream porn you know from from neck to dick basically i'm covered <laughs> yeah and, and and you know all sides and, and i think that look was very you either loved it or you hated it right away but you, you remembered the oh, that this guy is here he's doing these movies you know right and um and then as that grew you know uh joanna was like oh well shit like why don't you go make some money, you know, <laughs> because uh, again, there's not, you know, a lot of money in music. So even right. though the, the whole time I was still working on bands and working on music, all of a sudden this, this opportunity kind of, like, like you said, organically and, and really reluctantly, genuinely, like I, I was kind of reluctant the whole way it came calling. And, and I just, at some point was like, well, I'd be a fool not to at least right. try, you know, I'll, let's see what, let's see what happens. Let's see where we can go with this. Um, and I also thought because of my look, that it would always be kind of niche, you know, like, like I would, never, right. I would never reach the mainstream success that I have now. Um, so, you know, from humble beginnings. <laughs>
0: That's good. That's good. Yeah. And you still, I like the fact that you still, you you know, you keep at your music, like you're still mm-hmm. doing it, you're still working at it. And Yeah. And then you're still like that's still part of you to keep you grounded because some it it it's just important as human beings that we have uh, we do different things to be grounded to make us better as a human altogether and mm-hmm. for mental clarity too because it's just so therapeutic yeah absolutely. and the pe- and the people you meet or encounter because um, some people I've seen it where they have like tunnel visions, like, oh, okay, well, I'm doing porn. I can only do porn. This is what I'm going to do. But you didn't stop the music. You kept on, and then you came with it, and here you are in New York. Um, Where are you performing now in New York?
1: Uh, Well, I've been DJing, doing, like, DJ gigs all over the Uh city. Um, Oh, where at? uh, Mostly in Brooklyn or, like, the Lower East Side. Um, And I think my next one I'm doing is December 15th. I'm doing a Christmas party at 101 Wilson in Bushwick uh on 101 Wilson Avenue (laughs) oh
0: nice nice Um, so you're getting it
1: yeah and then as far as live stuff uh with my new group since we're still in the studio we're finishing up Mm -hmm. the album uh we haven't performed live yet but we're hoping to start playing shows like in the early part of next year uh we're kind of just like spending the holidays hunkered down in the studio getting the songs finished we're going uh actually in like pretty big time producer who I can't really name, uh, in a couple weeks. And so we're going to get some cool stuff out of that. Um, and, uh, then in 2023, we'll, we'll start coming out with the live stuff.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's very good. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and just being you. Um, I appreciate it so much because you, the way you interview, um, I've seen you on, different oh my gosh my phone <laughs> um yeah. i've seen you always i you think you have something shut off and you don't but um i really appreciate you coming on because you speak very well and i admire your creativity and your hustle and your drive
1: yeah,
0: and you. everything about you so um a lot of good luck and thank you so much for being on this show so I let, it. um could you let people cuz Eventually, I might use the audio. Um, well, I'm using the downloading the audio, but the visual. Could you let people know where they could find you? Of course, Absolutely. all your social yes. medias.
1: So you can follow me, Small Hands, Aaron, at the small hands underscore on Instagram and Twitter. And then as far as my music, you can follow at soft faith music on Instagram, soft faith music. And between those two channels, you will find